0: In brightest day in blackest night all other podcasts tremble and fright losers cower before the power orange is lust and blues you can trust indigos feel and white ones heal yellow scare and green ones dare that sapphire love
1: Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. I'm Chad Bockelman, and I'm Dan Kurtzky. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode 536. Woo! I don't know why I did that. It was almost instinctive. Can <laughs> See? I, can, I, can I can I take back my woohoo? <laughs> no. Sorry. Veto. Veto. I say. It's a part of you now. Trust me, Uh, it it was completely involuntary, as we'll find out as we discuss this issue. It's truly completely involuntary. I apologize. I will never woo again. (laughs) You say that, but
2: there will be there's a a nugget of joy within you that we you know, we can nurture and we can water it and we can like read to it at night and it'll grow. It'll grow into a happy tree.
1: Yeah, I I will openly admit I will. I, I will woo again. I just uh, it's it is doubtful it will be for this book, but I will but I will woo. So I don't want to. So I shouldn't have made that broad analysis, that broad proclamation that I will never woo again. What are we talking about, Dan?
2: Why we're talking about Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, number one, written by Tim Sheridan, with art by Kian Torme, colors by Matt Hermes and letters by Luke, Lucas Gatoni. Uh, The title of this issue is Into the Fire. In 1941, things are going pretty great for Green Lantern. The hero of Gotham has moved to New York, and people love him. But one person who's less than pleased is J. Edgar Hoover, head of the FBI, who wants Alan to join and help help bolster the reputation of the newly formed Justice Society of America. Alan wants nothing to do with it because last time he was on a team, it ended in tragedy, which he blames himself for. Something that Hoover also knows all too well because he has a file on Alan filled with all of his secrets and uses that to blackmail him into joining the JSA. The tragedy. Um, uh, Among
1: other things, among other things.
2: We'll get there. (laughs) I know. I'm just saying. Mark, listen, I am. I find it very refreshing that. You have, you have this zealous love of comics, and you're just <laughs> erupting with a desire to talk about them. But we will get there. We will get there. Don't worry. Don't worry. The tragedy Alan was referring to happened back in 1936 when Allen was a member of the Army Corps of Engineers on a team tasked with devising a way to contain a mythical power source known as the Crimson Flame, which the United States intends to weaponize in anticipation of Hitler's rise to power. Alan spent two years working on this project with his team, including Corporal... Excuse me, Corporal Johnny Ladd. Alan and Johnny fell for each other pretty hard, making Alan as happy as he was terrified because he knew what would happen if anyone ever found out about them. But they pressed on and eventually found the Crimson Flame, and at first, everything seemed to be going according to plan. Their containment device had successfully captured some of the flame's energy... Unfortunately for them, the Crimson Flame was alive, and now it was angry, lashing out at the boat, very nearly sinking it, and killing the entire crew. Alan released the part of the flame they captured, and everything seemed to go back to normal, until the, fr- until the Crimson Flame engulfs Johnny, pulling him into the deep abyss of the ocean, as a devilish voice echoes in Alan's mind, saying, First we bring death everything he just seen and heard pushes alan to a breaking point and we see him committed to arkham asylum Hmm. yep there's some other stuff in there (laughs) just a tad well i mean i left out like a lot of like the uh the the green lantern stuff alan does in the latter latter part of the issue just because like it didn't really fit into like a uh narrative summary but it'll come it'll come up in conversation because he
1: barely does any green lantern stuff Dan. that's the reason that's another reason where do we want to start well let let, let's let's stick with the story well it's all story but let's stick with actual plot points so what what is our consensus opinion do we think johnny is dead or do we think johnny is is the red lantern Based on, I know we don't have much information entirely to go on here, but based on getting the vibe maybe of this first issue, where do we think it's likely they're going to go?
2: Well, towards the end, Alan finds someone, a dead body on top of a building that was both drowned and burned. And he's like, oh my god, I know who this is. And in a moment, that would make narrative sense to be like, oh my god, it's Johnny, but like, this guy has a mustache and brown hair. So it's like not Johnny, but I, th- I think Johnny is dead in
1: 1939. Yeah. I it's don't know. Tough. It's a tough it, one, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Cause Johnny, uh, I don't know. Johnny kind of looks the part, I guess. Uh, and there's a certain literature kind of, uh, you know, beauty to them sharing an origin in a way. Although this, well, we don't know how this Alan got his powers or when. So if they're somehow connected, it would be, you know, there, there being a, a red lantern who dresses like Alan uh, would make more sense if it was Johnny, maybe Uh, because like, otherwise, like what did the, you know if you if you go like the russian or whatever way uh of, of thinking like did did the soviets just want their own and decided to model them after the v green lantern uh to to have their own uh version and that's why they look and are named so similarly um but i don't know uh i would i would um i would probably for for right now probably say no though well, uh, i could i could the- see why but i don't i i i'd probably say no
2: there's also the fact that the, the Golden Age Red Lantern is named Vladimir Sokov. <laughs> so it's it's uh, a different yeah. guy.
0: <laughs> mm, true. I mean, could have lost his memory and they gave him a name, you know.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe. But like, I mean, I, I'm interested to see where they go with it, because like it's it's it takes that that uh, that little detail of Alan's origin of the the Emerald Flame saying, you know. First to bring
1: life.
0: Three, or, three or, times or, I shall flame green. First to bring death. Second to bring life. Third to bring power.
2: Yeah, and it's turned that into something terrifying. And yep. and I I don't know if I if I should be making anything out of the fact that the crimson flame says we. It doesn't say first to bring death. It says first we bring death. Is yeah. that talking about itself it, is is the flame referring to itself with the royal we is it speaking about itself and the green flame as like two parts of a whole is it is there something else at play here
0: yeah Either i gotta way, say it's
2: sinister as hell
0: yeah i gotta say i wasn't really interested very much in the crimson flame other than just like obviously like hey there's another power source out there and there's another lantern who looks a lot like alan scott like blah 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 but I until it said, first we bring death, which to any, you know, longtime Green Lantern fan who's gone back and read the classics, that means something, as Dan alluded to. So, like, you know, when it said that, I was like, oh, it's it's connected, connected. Well, at least more so than I thought it was. Uh, so that definitely gave me some curiosity. Why person- it's in the middle of the ocean, I don't know. Uh, and I also like the fact that Every time we go back to the war era, uh, we have to be and we're telling comic book stories it has or fiction stories in some way. It has to do something with like the whole quest for ancient artifacts and stuff like, you know, Hitler was supposed to be looking for for stuff. And, you know, that's a, a plot line in Indiana Jones and so many other pieces of fiction. It's just it's such an interesting trope that we keep going back to this quest for for power and myth and so on and so forth
2: <laughs> it's the entire plot of hellboy like it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly like the this made me wonder like like i didn't look into it or anything but like is the crimson flame based on like folklore that's real or something like that or like is this entirely made up for this story
0: i mean because, i can google it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean if there's i mean if o- there was if only there was some way we could know but there isn't there just there just isn't <laughs> um but i think cuz i i waited and i read this back to back with that uh the short story in that dc pride through the ages which was i think of like a four or five page not prologue really because like it takes place during the events of this issue and in some cases is like this similar the, the same scenes from different pr- uh perspective but in that the crimson flame is a really effective metaphor for what's going on in Alan's personal life and like, like his, like him kind of, kind of struggling to come to terms with what he wants from, like, from uh, Johnny. Because, like, it's the two of them working together to try and grab hold of this magical unquenchable fire that they're desperate to find a way to hold on to, even though they know how dangerous it is. And once they finally get too close, it's, it ends up being something that their lives aren't ready for. And they get burned by it. Like, I, the overall the the writing in this has more... I'm not even sure how to describe it. There's like... There's, there's like a poetic nature to the way ideas are presented and structured here that it makes it it makes all the pieces feel intentional, but not in a plot sort of way as much as in a uh, a, a, you know, everything here means something important to these characters sort of way.
0: Yeah. I think, too, um, it's worth noting that that page from the the pride issue uh, you talked about when the crimson flame shows up, Uh, the narrative boxes there say the story I'm going to tell you is about an unquenchable fire, the kind that burns across all time, igniting and lighting our way to the most essential corners of human existence, death, life and power. In other words, a love story.
2: Yes, I love that. I love that that panel box. like it's it's a way of of taking a classic piece of the 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 lore that we just sort of that we kind of glaze over and reinterpreting it as something more
0: personal. Yeah, I don't uh I you know n- just uh, circling back and uh, and I'll I'll explain more later, but um yeah, I actually I don't think that uh, um, Johnny is the Red Lantern because I'm, re- I'm I've i got the uh, who's who entry for Red Lantern that they came
1: up with pulled it up pre- in front of me. It predates it.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. Um, yeah, there there's. There's a whole history for this guy, so uh, I don't know. I don't th- I don't think he is.
1: Well, I, ho- I was I was hoping he wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me because that would again, that would be uh, heavy handed.
0: Yeah, I'm it. still reading it, but it, I, from what I've re- read so far, I don't I don't think he I don't think he's Johnny. Could be connected in some way. Yes, but it, that, it could
1: be, but it could be it could be because of the, the crimson flame. It could be almost like it, it could absorb pieces of you or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, also,
2: I mean, it's got to give life to somebody somehow. So maybe we will see Johnny again. I don't know. True. All I know is, I am so I cannot believe. Can we stop killing off all of Alan's love interests?
1: Well, like, no. Clearly, they do it. Is, like this.
2: This is like like the story. I th- I believe it was the first story where. Where they established that the, he's gonna be gay now was him telling the story of like oh and then I fell I forget the character's name but he felt they they fell in love and then he died tragically I think in the train crash and then on top of that that was coming off of the New 52 Earth 2 version where he got engaged to his fi- fiance who then died br- in a brutal accident. And now we've got Johnny here who gets murdered by magic fire and drowned in the ocean. Like, like what the fuck is it going to take to just have, have a relationship that does not have the grim specter of death hanging over it all the time? Because like New 52 should have taught them that, okay, it's not enough to say the character is gay.
1: Oh, they learned that lesson, Dan. Don't pretend
2: they didn't learn that lesson. And this time, but where they're at now is okay, we're going to commit to intellectually exploring what it means for the character to embrace this part of himself, which, okay, that's cool. That's fine. But we are very quickly approaching a point where, okay, you just have to let them live the life. You got to let them be in a relationship and be happy. You cannot keep doing this.
1: But that's clearly not the stories they want to tell. (laughs) <laughs> that's 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 part of i'm glad you actually mentioned that but that but that's i mean that's part of the heavy it's part of the heavy handedness in this there's no there's there's no subtlety in this there's absolutely no i mean i can let me let me not make blanket statement there may be some subtlety and but but you know li- literally half the pages in this book are either directly or indirectly but heavily but heavily hinting about they're talking about Alan's sexuality and most of it's just blatantly in your face. So half the pages in his book are about this, that it is certainly continuing the pattern that we've seen since infinite frontier, that when you're telling an Alan Scott story, other than him guesting in another book or in a crisis story where it would be even completely ridiculous to be talking about, Hey, you know, I went out at this date the other night, Alan, not now that, that seems like the only thing they had to say about Alan Scott. That the only thing interesting DC as a whole has to say about Alan Scott, or the only thing they care about, is his sexuality. Because what else? Because they now this is this is where did you did you watch that video yet, Chad? (laughs) Black History Month, you find ridiculous. Why?
0: You're gonna relegate my history to a month? Oh come on. What do you do with yours? What which month is White History Month? No, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me.
1: Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month tr- is Jewish history month?
0: Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not?
1: Do yeah. you want
0: one? No, no. No. I, I, All right. All right. I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American
1: history. How are we going to get rid of racism and Stop kill? talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand what I, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: The reason why I wanted to play this video, because when I read this story, and I had watched this a long time ago, but when I read the story, that video, that interview, that Morgan Freeman interview with, with uh mike wallace this it reminded me because in a way because this storytelling approach is the complete opposite of that of what morgan freeman was trying to say and it doesn't mean you have to agree with morgan freeman's point by the way that's not the main reason they caught it's because the 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 essence of what morgan the subtlety what morgan freeman was arguably saying was you know that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts but the important thing was if you constantly dwell on what separates you and what divides you and what makes you different from somebody else then of course that's how you're going to view it and if you start looking at what brings the commonality then the differences become less important and they become almost like matter of fact it's like hey this person's like me or these people are like me yeah they do some things differently what do i care because we're mostly alike this takes this takes the complete opposite approach which is which is that they it's like They have to beat you over the head with this over and over and over and over and over again from the very beginning. It's like, so it can't be Alan Scott is Alan Scott anymore, which he's not. Let's be honest. This isn't really Alan Scott. This is like a caricature of Alan Scott. He looks like Alan Scott. He wears the same uniform. But he but there isn't anything really about this character that's really Alan Scott anymore, which they could have avoided. If they just friggin made him straight and then he was bi, and then he was gay. But being blunt, that's not agenda enough for where society is now or for D.C. is. So you had to make him gay. And by making him gay all along, making him live a closeted lie of a life. Now you have to do stories like this and retcon so much when if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have to retcon anything. You just give you kind of Jeff con stuff. You show stuff you hadn't seen before. But because Alan started here and then he ended up over there, none of it's invalidated. None of it was living a lie. Because not everybody does live a lie. Some people do exactly that. They kind of move from one side to the other. That would have been the easier way to keep the character intact. But that's not what. The, but that's not what they cared about. So everything is about oh, it's J. It's the J. Edgar Hoover thing. J. Edgar Hoover is not just blackmailing him to go to the JSA. He's blackmailing him to come to a to a sex party. You got you got do- you got, do- you got do- Dickles, who pretty much is 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 and the IQ level of Forrest Gump. And, and and because everybody can fi- you know everybody knows this and i'm not saying the point it's inherently wrong cuz it's not but again it's heavy-handed that joy Do- even joybe Do- goes alan what does it matter who you're sleeping with he gets, it's, it's it's you know i'm not a smart man <laughs> but i know what love is that it's like it's so freaking heavy-handed and it's like i don't know it's i guess it could have been worse how heavy-handed this was but i and i guess for, I don't think any of us are surprised that so much of this book was focused on Alan's sexuality. I think we all knew deep down this is exactly where they were going to the rabbit hole they were going to go down. But if that's all they have to say about Alan Scott, as opposed to why don't we why don't they make us care about Alan Scott as a hero and as a person? And then it really doesn't necessarily matter in 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 a positive way. It doesn't matter who the hell he's sleeping with, because it doesn't really matter who he's interested in. He could. But the way they present it, it's like that's all they care about. It's like, it, that's, that's the point. It's like Alan Scott, he's the gay Green Lantern, and that's the story we want to tell. And every story had to be wrapped around his sexuality and things like that. And again, if you made a character from scratch, there are actually subtle ways you could do that. And I was thinking about that today, and maybe I'll mention it later. But the reality is, this is exactly what you kind of suspected you were going to get. And I just don't know who... Th- Generally speaking, who this really appeals to, and but they don't really care about that either. That's kind of the point when you do stuff. That's storytelling second and agenda first. It's like, well, we just want to do it because we want to do it and we can. Doesn't matter whether people like it or whether people are really interested in seeing this. But it's just sad that I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Alan Scott guy, but this would be. I just I I'm reacting to this based on if they did this to to almost any other character and treated him the same way, and also the idea that we know that. That's not how Alan, how the Alan Scott was sold to us in the New 52, and that was actually obviously kind of like a if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor thing, where they knew that what their real agenda was, but they're gonna, but they knew it wouldn't work if you sold if you sold it this way. So you have to make it sound like, oh, we just want a small piece of the pie, and now we're we own the bakery, and guess what? It's 55 trillion universes, but we can't even have one universe where Alan Scott is the real is the original Alan Scott anymore.
0: Well, yes. that's 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 gone now because Dan that was Dan DeDio and Dan DeDio's gone. So I mean, like you know, is it possible that that's still in play behind the scenes? Sure, but nobody said it other than Dan DeDio when he announced it. Oh, what the fact
1: about just having one? Yes. Well, I know, but uh, but when we were talking about the build up to Infinite Frontier, I think we looked at that interview where the, some of the people in charge now or. Uh, mentioned the fact that that was kind of like the plan all along but of course we weren't told the plan all along was basically once we have one alan scott gay that's going to be we're going to think the goal the plan or the the game plan was always to make sure that that all alan you would we were never getting the real alan scott quote-unquote back again that that's something that so that's what i'm talking about how how it's how it's basically being sold a certain way even if even if from Dodeo's perspective, that was exactly all he cared about was that's fine. If, you know even I'm not saying Dode was necessarily onboarded with the conspiracy or anything. I'm just saying the fact that it was sold one way, but the real agenda of what they wanted was something else, and that's why it did the the Obamacare reference only because they knew what they were saying wasn't true. They knew a lot of people wouldn't be able to keep their doctors, but they didn't care because if they said that, it would never get passed, so you have to say whatever you have to do to get to get your way. That's all I meant. That's 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 the only reason why I use that analogy. I, I think ahead. it's a little extreme
2: to s- say it's not the real Alan Scott because he's he
1: he's gay now. Like like the into- like. But what have you seen? But my point is, what have we seen of Alan Scott for the most part? What have because they haven't been focusing on showing us what the re- If they showed us? Alan, it's not because of who he's screwing. It's because of the fact that that's all they care about is his now, sexuality. Here's the, th- here's the thing, though.
2: Since they since they made the retcon to Alan, he has been in a position where he's only really shown up in short anthology stories or in team books with dozens of other characters. This miniseries is the, fir- the very first time since the retcon was made that we've had any substantial amount of page space to spend with the character and actually dig into the meat of... Who he is and what these changes mean to his life. Like it didn't, they didn't pack it all into issue one. Okay, who cares? There's five more coming. Like the underlying point of this mini series, because again, this isn't just about Alan is gay now. It's the fact that that over the last couple of years we've had it retconned that that he has been gay all of like since 1939 apparently, and that. His arch nemesis, the Golden Age Red Lantern, was retconned out of existence, which, you know, I I, I think this was a quote by some writer. If you retcon someone's arch nemesis away, that's going to make their life pretty different. Like, imagine if you could go back into Batman's history and completely remove the Joker from every appearance. Batman's story would have gone a lot differently. And now that all that's put back in, we have a mini series here that is that exists solely to explore what Alan's life was like back in the the 30s and 40s with these two retcons in place. So yeah, we're going to get a large focus on on his life as a gay man and his his rivalry with the red lantern because that's the new shit that is the stuff that you're putting back in to make meaningful changes and i mean is it is it subtle no it's not supposed to be because as as uh, it said on the last page of that uh that uh prologue short story this is a love story when you're telling a love story you don't dance around the fact that the two people are in love with each other
0: okay uh so i think so first of all i i want to cycle back just to the story just really briefly because we kind of jumped into this uh i will say separate from all the stuff we're talking about right now i do not like the fact that hoover is is blackmailing however he blackmails alan I don't like the idea that he's blackmailing him into being active with the JSA. Um, I don't think uh, Alan of any, any, any Alan I know, regardless of sexuality, uh, setting that aside, any Alan I know wouldn't have acted that way. Uh, And unfortunately it is of the times uh, to hold uh, uh, over a gay man's head at this point in time, His big secret to get him to do what you want him to do that's uh that's you know definitely something we've we've heard of before in 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 reality and in storytelling uh especially when you're talking about this time period but just storytelling wise i don't like the idea that alan had to be blackmailed into being more active with the jsa he does seem friendly with with jay so i you know Hopefully it's not as bad as it seems at that point, but there's that. Uh, so that was the the other piece of the story I wasn't necessarily a big fan of. I enjoyed seeing Doby, that was cool. Yeah. But back back to the to the point being made, I don't look the Alan being made gay happened on another Earth Earth two uh, in in a series in the New 52 issue three, which was cover dated in September of 2012, but hit stands in July of 2012. It has been 11 years since that issue came out. I don't think the argument of whether or not, uh, Alan should or shouldn't be gay is something we should still be having at this point. I completely understand the execution of it being a, a, a point of uh, conversation. And as I said earlier, Dan DeDio's out and I'm pretty sure they threw the baby out with the bathwater in the idea that no alan scott ever again on any earth will be anything other than gay um uh if, if we can find the
1: specific quotes that mark you referenced uh, around infinite crisis and stuff yeah, or, or i not. don't think that was the do quote i think that um, was the, i thought that was the quote le- leading into infinite fr- infinite frontier by i uh, want what, is, what? Was it Williamson or or uh? No, I Ian?
0: think it actually was. Oh, well, we'll we'll find it. We'll find it. Uh, we got a breakout coming up here in a second. Uh, we can find it if, if if we need to. But regardless, uh, you know, I I don't think that's the way to move forward to, with anything. But I'm, you know, there's lots of change up happening at DC as as well now. Maybe part of uh. Part of the team that said that originally is moving on to that new image, <laughs> that new image, uh, the series uh, or, yeah, or, yeah, that one. Okay. I don't remember. Um, but regardless, we'll we'll find the quote. But it's like it's been 11 years. I'm not worried about him being gay anymore. Again, execution totally valid to have. Uh, a conversation about how it's being executed. Uh, it was billed as a love story. I completely get that. It's only I I do because this was a, the the main point I was going to interject if Dan didn't speak first. I agree Dan with Dan with your point that since other uh, since Earth Two was published in the New 52, seeing the main universe Alan Scott also be gay, we have not seen any stories of him published other than a backup or in an anthology or something like that until this series. So if you bill it as a love story and you say, we haven't seen him in publication, of course, they're going to focus on that a little bit. It's only issue one. I'm a little hesitant to give it shit for what I've seen so far, but I, I see, I see the point of bringing up the argument now to be aware of it
1: moving forward. If that makes any sense. So, yeah, back on point of because mostly it is, you know, the at the end of the day, the real issue that struck me with this was the execution here, because I do. I just think it's I think there's ways to tell the story where it could be. It doesn't have to be blatantly like in your face, beaten over the head with it all the time, because it's not that I, I really don't care who Alan Scott sleeps with. But the point is, we shouldn't generally speaking care all that much either, because it should be about who Alan Scott is as a person. It shouldn't be that should be one part of who Alan is. I hadn't really given much thought about the the retcon of the uh, r- the Red Lantern coming back in. And, and by that coming back in, that was going to cause another, the ripple effect, kind of like the butterfly effect. So then it causes things that didn't happen before that we may have to see, as opposed to things that, and maybe taking a character in a completely dif- different direction, if not for the fact that the Red Lantern was in there. So Yeah. So that's that's that. So that was that was that was that was a good point. And yes, you have you found Chad, you found the Tynan quote, because that's the one I was trying to the name I was trying to pull out of my head that brought that to our attention around infinite frontier time.
0: Yeah, it's a bit long, but I I, I mean, I'll 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 get through it as quickly as I can. Um, So um, Tynan says uh, this is this is a while ago. Tinyan says, first off, there was a promise made a number of years ago when the Earth Two books were coming out as part of the New 52. That's when the Earth Two version of Alan Scott came out, and the DC publisher made the promise that Alan Scott, from here on out, would be a queer character across the DC multiverse and the premier male gay hero of the larger DC mythology. As we started bringing back the classic version of the Justice Society, and we started down the road of what we knew was going to end with a reunified history of the DC universe, a history that the justice society back in the 40s uh that has the justice society back in the 40s that has infinity inc popping up in as the next generation of the justice society and all of the relationships that came out of that it was really important to me that this promise be kept i was thrilled to bring this moment to life with the incredible stephen byrne who i've wanted to work with for years he brought the pathos needed to do it right to help introduce a whole new generation to alan scott Jaden obsidian let's see uh, we once we started setting up a Infinite Frontier and I started hearing Alan Scott would be a character who would continue to play a, into the central through line of what's building out of Infinite Frontier as a queer male creator. I wanted to make sure that some of the pieces landed in a way that opened up the most story potential and would also embrace all of the complexities of what being a queer man who couldn't come out for most of his life would be even in the crazy world of superheroes. One thing that I was really, really adamant about was this. I heard some casual conversation about how to make it work. Do we erase Jade and Obsidian from continuity, or do we want to tweak them so they're not Alan Scott's children? My answer: No. Alan Scott is a queer man who was an adult in the 40s, who then had an extended life because of everything that happened that he's involved with. And there's, uh, there are so many queer adult queer men with adult children. It's a very human experience, and I think it adds a new depth to the relationship, and it opens up a whole new world of stories that I'm really, really excited about. It has me wanting to help land the plane here to set the groundwork for a whole bunch of new stories heading into the future. That's yeah, cool. some, something that
2: cannot be overstated here is that the what we got out of the New 52 Earth 2 version of Alan Scott was you know, it was a genuine idea from James Robinson. It was embraced by Dan DiDio as a publicity stunt. Like, I did a tremendous amount of research into this a few years ago for a video. And once, like, like, Dan DiDio was calling press conferences to announce that there would be a future press conference where they would reveal the identity of their new big prominent gay character. And you know, the issues came out, they made their big splash, they got their headlines, and as soon as the news cycle moved on, you never saw Alan's personal life or relationships ever again. They mention it, like, I read that entire Earth 2 series. I've read every appearance of that version of Alan Scott. It comes up a couple of times towards the end of the series in ways that are, frankly, kind of, kind of insulting to the entire concept because this was never like, despite what James Robinson wanted to do. And I don't put any of this on James Robinson, that character and his personal life were only there to, to get DC in the news. And that's yeah. it. And so, then, and what we have now is the result of a, a queer creator coming along and trying to make good on the promises that were made in bad faith for the prior version.
0: I would agree with that, because I think a lot of the time we think about the idea or the concept of an agenda. Um, the A lot of the, the time we think of an agenda begetting content to match the agenda, as opposed to, and what Dan's saying here is, somebody making a a an effort to tell a story the way they want to tell the story, how they've lived their life or whatever in through, through their own way. And then someone seeing that, taking it as an opportunity to turn it into whatever business agenda or whatever agenda you want to put, put it under to take that as Dan put it, a good faith or just a creator trying to tell their story or whatever, taking, taking that concept that was made in a different light and turning it into a focal point or a, a, a headline or something like that. Um, so I, I definitely see, see that point there. I will say to align a little bit with what, with with what Mark has been saying. I have no, I'm a big Alan Scott fan. I have no problem with Alan Scott being gay. I did have a problem towards the beginning and you can go find those episodes when, when earth two first happened, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I was, was articulating myself very well back then. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think y'all made fun of me with how <laughs> I articulated myself in terms what, of change that, for the sake of change.
2: Uh, well, I was going to say, was that <laughs> the birth of change for the sake of change?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. That's um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, articulating myself very well, no. no. Um, I, again, reiterating, I agree we have not seen our, quote unquote, our Alan Scott in terms of our universe's Alan Scott in the stories that we're reading today uh, and his life as a gay man. Uh, enough times in publication history for us to uh, focus too much on what it means to him as a green lantern as the father and so on and so forth it's just been a lot of romantic stuff Uh, but we are getting a new series that focuses on a younger period of alan's past so it's going to be in there they did bill it as a love story it's only issue one i'm curious to see it evolve that said For this issue, the pages and panels I'm seeing on screen, uh, or literally on screen because I'm reading it digitally, the if I were to see, so here's my problem: we haven't seen Alan Scott in a long time. Okay, let's put it in the situation of we haven't seen Hal in as long of a time as we haven't seen Alan. If I got a bunch of pages of Hal in bed and having pillow talk with Carol Ferris and barely in, in other relationship talks or other sort of civilian issues. issues and I say civilian, that's a hard thing because we see him in his service here. So whatever social situations or whatever, in barely any action of him as green lantern, I'd be upset. And it has nothing to do with who he's sleeping with or why I miss seeing Alan Scott as green lantern. I miss seeing Alan Scott as a member of the JSA, which is why it bothers me that he had to be blackmailed into working with them, apparently. And again, that is wholly separate from from any of, of the of the conversation we're having here. Um, it's it, I don't like that part. Uh, and I'm not seeing much about uh, Jade and Obsidian, but that makes sense because of the time period of this book. So I can't really knock it for that. It's just we barely got alan scott green lantern in action and i know it's a six issue mini but because it's a six issue mini i wish we would have spent more time with alan scott green lantern the hero and
1: we didn't get that and i think and, that's, i think that's a big part and again it, uh, to me that's a big part of the problem and that's is is exactly that it's because given the choice the choice was let's spend the majority or at least literally 50 percent of the issue talking about it and your your point about how I was thinking about it, like in related to uh, John Stewart. It's like if we were if we were spending half half a war journal about this new romance that John Stewart is in, we wouldn't give a shit about that either, because That's it's a- not because it's not what we care. I mean, it's it's even if it was even if they were flashbacks to a character like we cared about because of their backstory that have been long established, like Kat Matui, it still would get old. So I I think I think. And it it also falls it falls like into a trap or a stereotype that this is this is what all they have to say. Now, maybe it's not going to be all they have to say about Alan Scott, but they certainly didn't hit the ground running, making it because when you talk, when like Dan pointed out, and you reiterated too, the fact that, you know, we've only seen Alan Scott in a handful of stories, basically, since like the infinite frontier era. And it's like, yeah, but the most of them have been like this. Most of them have been focusing almost exclusively on on his sexuality and everything else is secondary, even when he's. And when, and when they team them up with Obsidian, that's kind of give them a double excuse that they because because they're both gay. So that means they can that can come into the conversation, even, even if they're still doing heroic things together. That's a way they can. And that part doesn't really that's a more natural way to bring it in. If it was on an island, you know, so to speak, that would be all right. But it's like and, to, and in a weird way, part of what bothers me is it's a, there's even the way they treat Alan when they're talking about that subject in this book there's some things that they do that seemed a little too, a little too stereotypical. And you would think you wouldn't want to do that if you're trying to, if you're trying to have people again accept what Alan accept and nothing twice about it. Then you wouldn't, you would think, you know, just the use like using the word hush when they're talking and, and the way Alan Scott's, you know, hand is when they're holding hands. It just seems like, I don't know. It just seemed like they're not, it would be again if they made Alan Scott. They wrote him and showed him as the Alan Scott that we that we all remember and we liked and who and the only part that's different, who he's sleeping with. that I Then it probably most people wouldn't care. And I start, and I wouldn't wouldn't really phase me by itself. It's just the fact that when you combine all these things, it's like, well, it just seems like. Now, maybe again, maybe it's going to change and when we get there's going to be less of that, I certainly wouldn't bet on it. I am going to objectively say I would not be betting on this. That that I but I would say I would like to think that maybe this is they figured it almost like let, let's get let's like dive into the deep end of the pool first. And then and then we're going to be getting more of a of a balance between what this character is doing and and everything else. So,
0: yeah, I think I think I think the idea is and my my point about not wanting to see uh, as much of the relationship stuff. And I would feel the same way with Helen Carol. If we haven't seen Helen forever is the fact that this is, as as I read in that preview narrative, it's billed as a love story. And I have a problem with myself as a person still not wanting to see that because it makes me think like the only genre of comic book storytelling I care about is action or, or action superheroes. And, oh, boo, romance story. Don't want to see dumb romance. Uh, and that's not necessarily the case. I think I just kind of have to let go of the fact that I think I have to I have to resolve the fact in my mind that an action Green Lantern, seeing Green Lantern do Green Lantern things in the 40s, maybe involving the JSA, maybe not, is not necessarily the story they're going with here. And that's not as much as I've been wanting to see that. That's not the story we were built. And much in the same way that that Sinson story It's. I'm not the audience for it. I may not be the audience for this book, despite how much I want to be the audience for this book, because I don't know that I care about an Alan Scott romance story, regardless of if it's Johnny or if it's Molly. Go
1: ahead, John. Go ahead, Dan.
2: John's here. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't really know that it's not right up your alley yet because all of the main players aren't on the board yet. Like right. the 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 main antagonist of this story has been kinda just off panel for a bunch of pages. But like if you if you want superhero versus supervillain action, you're going to get it. It's just a matter of like like so much of this issue is basically character setup for Alan and where he is in his life and what he thinks of things and why he thinks about it because yeah again like this is basically the first time we've got the chance to stop and focus on him in in a format that wasn't just a short story where you only have enough page space to check in with the character and and reaffirm the basics of who and what they are
1: but who do we think this story is i mean who but going back to kind of what you just said, Dan, and what Chad said, then who do we think this story is really for? Then do we? I mean, objectively speaking, do we think the majority of of DCU comic book readers are interested in this story? Not again, not because necessarily who he's sleeping with, but because the focal point is so much on the ro- on his on the romantic a- romantic aspect of his life. How many of the mainstream readers are going to care about this to begin with? And that's when I, when I when I when I use the quote unquote agenda term. That that's what that's what I kind of mean. It's like you want to tell the story, and you're going to tell it because you want to tell it the way you want to tell it, regardless of anybody cares and anybody wants to read it. Telling the best story, a real really good story, should trump agenda. And I'm not saying that there isn't trying to be a healthy. That maybe there's this trying not to be a balancing act here, consciously to try to do this, but it just seems like 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 we've all said we haven't seen Alan Scott, we have barely seen Alan Scott since the Infinite Frontier, but every time we see Alan Scott, it's kind of like this. And here's a six issue book about Alan Scott. You can talk about Alan Scott and everything we like about Alan Scott, and what do they choose to talk about? They choose to talk about this. That's the point. That's kind of where I'm going with this. It's like this is this is not what I think any. This percentage of people that really are interested in reading this story, the way in going down this road, the love story thing, it's extremely small and it would be even small if it was focusing on Molly. But so, again, it's that's this is it's like if should be Alan Scott for Alan Scott is a man first and as a hero, arguably first Alan Scott is a man and then and then everything else after. And it seems like that's not how they want to tell the stories for that one's.
2: i mean the target audience for this book aside from green lantern fans is jsa fans because this is not a dawn of dc book this is a new golden age book this falls in line with what they've been doing since the jsa relaunched and it's part of a wave including a jay garrick the flash book and a sandman book and i don't actually know what the sandman book is about but the jay garrick book is a period piece Showing us how his life is different with his his daughter retconned back into existence. Like Jay Garrick, a character who famously like so much of his relationship to the Flash family comes from being like a surrogate father and grandfather figure to them because he and his wife never never had kids. I forget if it was by choice or they just couldn't, but that was a major part of his existence. And now as part of this same publishing initiative, guess what? Just like the Red Lantern was retconned out of Alan's life, Judy Garrick was retconned out of Jay's life, and now she's back. And now his miniseries is all about exploring what, like, how does that change things? How is he different? How is his life different? What is their relationship like? Like, th- the whole. The whole push of the new golden age is about exploring these retcons and about exploring how it makes these characters that we know so well different and how much doesn't actually change.
0: I think for me, I, again, I, I've I've let go of the idea that you know, oh, boo, Alan Scott's gay now, kind of a thing, but that uh the change for the sake of change Uh, Mm -hmm. he said it again he said uh, the thing (laughs) and and it's it's now about the 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 execution and okay he's gay now but is that all you have to say about him uh and i think regardless of anybody's sexuality uh or lack thereof if you make your entire point of storytelling wrapped around that one aspect of them, it's going to get old because I want to see more about this character. For instance, OK, if we are back in the 40s uh, and again, a lot of this can be solved because this is issue one of a six issue mini. So for all I know, we will see this. And at the end of the day, my tune will change. But all I have to do right now is judge it based on what we have so far and what we have so far hasn't told me anything new for the most part. There's a little bit here and there, but like, okay, if, if we're back in the, we're back in the forties or fifties or whatever, how did his relationship with a woman evolve? How did he have Jade and Obsidian? How did he live his closeted life? How did Doibee find out? How did, him and doyby meet like and and so on and so forth like i want to see uh, you know how you know uh, uh, hoover talks about him having his name on the masthead so he did meet the jsa at some point as a matter of fact i think we may those are some images just from all american comics right uh that in the hoover middle panel in in the newspaper yeah, I was like, is he interacting with the JSA in any of those or no? I don't, I don't
2: think, I think those are just like, like uh, Alan covers.
0: Yeah. So, done. I mean, he, I let you put my ma- name on the masthead. Yes. Yeah, so, presumably, maybe he even worked with them, you know, just even if it's just for photo ops or something. So, how did that happen? How did the JSA get formed and what condition? Like, there's so many questions I have about this era that we're in, but we're choosing to focus on his relationship. Yet again, and again, that's not a problem, but that can't be all you have to say under any situation, gay, straight, bi, or whatever.
2: I mean, I don't think it is all they have to say because they're already talking about Alan's kind of tenuous relationship with both the government and his own, like, like the the early burgeoning superhero community, like I, a thing that we have to remember here is like, we kind of just want. It sounds like, like the desire here was that the, the story hit the ground running started from what we already know and go forward. But like this half of this story in this issue takes place four years before Alan's origin. So as, and even once we jump ahead to him being green lantern, he's only been green lantern for like a year or two. He is not a, the fully formed Alan Scott that that we think of when we think of this character. He's still, like, coming into his own and trying to figure out what he wants to do. Like, something... Like, I I had a, initially the same reaction to the JSA blackmail thing that you did, Chad. But then I'm like, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't want to join them. Because if if somebody is committing to hiding their identity behind a mask... Yeah, um, so some of them at least should be nervous about working closely with a specific set of people long term because that breeds familiarity and that makes it harder to keep secrets. And in the context of this story, you know, it the last time Alan was on a team with people, it like the the fucking Crimson Flame almost sank their ship and killed the guy he loves. So, like. Like, yeah, I I understand. Like, if I think about Alan Scott as a a set of values and ideals, then yeah, this seems weird and wrong. If I think about Alan Scott as a person living in this world, having these experiences, then yeah, no shit he doesn't want to join the JSA. Why would he? (laughs) Only... especially especially I'm sorry but no. especially since this is the very first generation of heroes and no one has ever tried to make a superhero team before we take for granted that oh yeah this is just what they do like a bunch of superheroes just decide to work together and it's great they have they don't know it's going to work out nobody's this is completely uncharted
1: the only thing I the only thing I would say though uh to counter what you said is that even the things that we might be getting about Alan, you know, not wanting to work with a team and being blackmailed the things that are different, it still all ties back to his sexuality though. <laughs> he's being, he's able to be blackmailed because of his sexuality. He doesn't want to join a team because of his, because of his relationship with Johnny. So even those things where you're right, they're fleshing it out a little bit, but it still comes back to the same thing. It's all tied. It's all tied. It's all tied there. I know, but I, I mean, at a certain point,
2: like that's that's like complaining about the injustice universe because it's all because Superman saw Lois die. You know, a character who was in love with somebody saw that person die, and that moment has informed how they behave going forward. That is, like, I don't. That's not pushing an agenda. That's writing a character. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Um one question I did have. When when do we think Alan was incarcerated into Arkham? Like where is has, like That's after know, the
2: boat. Right. Yeah, that's he's, he's, yeah but he
0: Yeah, I, I see that, but doesn't he look a little older there? So um, like I, that the way he, he looks older than he than he does maybe in the and in, in the story we're seeing with Johnny getting taken by the Crimson Flame. I and think maybe I'm just wrong, but like because he looks a little older i'm very confused as to where in i mean it's the ending page and they don't give us much context i think you're supposed to be somewhat confused but i'm very confused about when in the timeline that takes place
2: (laughs) so i'm looking at the page right now his face is contorted and he's got a thing in his mouth so he doesn't bite his tongue and they're like He's got like the sponges on his head for shock, electro shock therapy. So, like, he looked like there's a lot of, of extra lines on his face to show like his contorted, muffled screams and shit. And like just the stuff strapped to his head makes his haircut look different. And like at first, I thought the sponge was like a patch of like differently shaded hair, like he was going gray or something. But no, this is, this is. Uh, like right after they came back from the ocean, trying to capture the flame.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, because it made me think like, does uh, he hallucinating some of the stuff that's happening here? Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I yeah.
2: My big yeah. question is, do we think that his stay in Arkham is part of why he left Gotham City?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Would he have been running into when was, when was the actual Arkham guy around? Like the guy. That Arkham oh, like, Asylum is named after.
2: Like Jeremiah Arkham.
0: Jeremiah Arkham, yes.
2: I don't know. Was he an 1800s guy? Not I, mean, in that, 1900s? That, I know it was his like family mansion first, and then got yeah. converted, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. I also I think it's kind of funny like the the kind of cheesy uh, old movie style that this like it, without being black and white. There is some stuff in here that's a little strange. Like, for instance, devoting an entire panel to a woman literally holding her hands up to her face going, oh, my God. Like, that's that's kind of. Yeah. Come on. I see what you're doing there. That's 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 cool. But, yeah, I I I appreciate the conversation we're having around this. Uh, So thanks for bringing it up, Mark. It's, It's so it's so hard to have a conversation like this nowadays, especially in social media and stuff. Cause first of all, tone can't be implied or anything like that. And we all know each other very well enough here to, to know at least enough to know, you know, that nobody's coming at this with ill intent. So it's like, it's, it's hard to have this conversation uh, these days. And I appreciate that it's more of a conversation and not an argument. And, and again, nobody here is arguing, you know, like, Oh damn, Alan shouldn't be gay. It's, it's really, it's really something else entirely. But I, 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 again, the problems that I could have with this series that I've mentioned tonight, based solely on this one issue, can easily be solved by the next issue. It's just uh, all I have to judge on it tonight is what I have in front of me with these, the pages of this first issue.
1: We can hope. We can certainly hope that there's that we that the layers will be like the onions, like Shrek will get more. We'll get more layers in, in the next issue.
0: Reck has layers. <laughs> Onions oh have layers. Uh, I wonder, I wonder too, about um, another aspect of, of Alan's life. We're not talking about here. Is he a Christian? Cause he does yeah, say, Johnny, yeah, we have Sten. to assume that. Yes. Uh, I mean, he, he, it's obviously it's the early 1900s. A lot of people are Christian back then. Uh, and, or, and whether or not they truly believe it or not, it's kind of a, a thing that everybody does. Uh, everybody went to church. It was, all, it was a whole thing. So at the very least, he was probably raised in the church. But uh, I'm curious about his uh, uh, his religious beliefs as well.
2: Well, if he wasn't before, he will be when he meets the specter. So all he has <laughs> to do is go to those damn meetings, and
0: then. Uh... <laughs> oh, Mark, did you did you want to point out the camera thing?
1: at uh, At this stage of the game, I almost don't want to. But it, I I did think the. The camera thing was a bit much because it's a little unrealistic. I mean, first of all, Alan's Alan's a little brighter than this. And Alan obviously is still not entirely comfortable to to engage in this activity. So the idea of taking pictures romping in the sack together when you know you're going to have to get them developed. Now, if they gave us a back if there's a background to either one of these characters that says they developed their own pictures. Then, but then again, if they were doing that, the odds are J. Edgar Hoover wouldn't have copies of them, to be perfectly honest with you. But that seems inherently stupid and reckless for people that damn well know that they – especially being in the Army. I, I, I found that being a little – unreal. now, if this was like with Polaroids, I'm, I'd be down for that. I'd say that's perfectly – that's something people would do, even if it's stupid, because you would think no one would ever get your hands on the pictures that you just developed in, in the privacy of your own bedroom. I don't think that was – I think that was a little. I don't think that was overly realistic considering how careful Alan Scott wants to be. And yeah, we could say he had a moment of weakness and everything else, but that seems inherently stupid to have physical evidence. And plus, like I said, you, unless unless Johnny develops his own photographs, the reality is somebody's going to have to take those in to get pu- to get developed. So you would not be doing that, I think.
2: But I now think... we get to imagine Jagger Hoover going undercover
1: at a photo hut. I think this issue you can imagine J. Edgar Hoover doing a lot of things. I, I did find I must admit I find it amu- very amusing both of you saying you you know you, you had a real problem with him being blackmailed to join the JSA, but neither one of you seemed to have a problem with J Edgar Hoover blackmailing Alan Scott to show up in for sex parties. <laughs>
0: I, I didn't I didn't get
1: that it was a yeah, sex party. I, I, what I you I didn't either. About where where is that? I, he says like like oh we're having a little party later. You the boots you, you, you don't get the reference because J Edgar Hoover is 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 legendarily gay. You don't oh know is that? he? Yes. Uh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. No that I that that may be subtle to some people, but that is absolutely you know talking to Doi. He makes the point of saying that's not the only thing that J Edgar Hoover was interested in. You have to go back and read that page. That's no. that's <laughs> the other that's the other hint. But when you tell him to put on the boots or whatever. That yeah, he that's that's a that's another sexual reference because J Edgar Hoover was gay. So he's he's essentially blackmailing Alan to show up. It Doesn't mean that he's he literally is gonna force him to have sex with somebody, but he's tell but he's making it clear that he wants Alan to show up to his uh get together and it's not probably because he just thinks Alan looks good in boots, generally speaking.
2: That actually makes it more believable that he would keep Alan's secret, actually.
1: Yeah, it's mutually it's mutually beneficial. Oh, cool. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just want. I, I figured you. I figured you guys picked up on that. So that, no, that, I thought that, that it makes more sense leap, you made a wild leap.
0: I was like, you were reading into something that he was saying to Dooley or something. I was like, I, I didn't get that. <laughs> but I didn't know that about Hoover. So. Yeah. Yeah, Hoover. Yeah, I thought he was
2: just like, like, ah, the hero the public loves. I can get him to show up at my cool parties in front of all my friends. I don't know.
1: Okay. And, and you're not wrong. You just probably wouldn't be wearing much. But yes, you wouldn't be wrong.
2: <laughs> hey, speaking of wearing much, I just want to shout out that this sh- this panel of Alan materializing his costume is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah the that's art, true. The art was really good in this. That's the thing. That's one th- incredible positive. I really thought I really did enjoy the art in this book. Yeah. I meant to say that, but I meant to start to say that from the very beginning, but we kind of jumped right into the uh, the meat of the subject, no pun intended. So all right
0: anything else about this issue uh the ring that's an he 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 still wears the ring in public and then he switches he he, he's not wearing his hmm, where does he get the green lantern ring from was it on the tray uh yes i know he i know he puts the gold ring on the tray but it's interesting does he does he not go out with the green lantern ring on him at all times kind of like how Hal leaves his battery in his locker. Does does Alan do the same kind of thing with his ring? Not yeah, take it with him everywhere. Because first his left hand is in his
2: pocket, and then we don't see his, his all his fingers when he picks the gold, the uh, Johnny's gold ring up off the tray. But then he puts the gold ring two pounds later on his left finger, but then takes it back off and swaps it with the green one. So he it could have been on and then he took it off to put on the gold ring and then swapped them or he just didn't have the green one on at first i don't know either way it's interesting that he d- apparently doesn't
0: wear both at the same time
2: i mean to him they probably signify like two very different stages of his life
0: hmm.
1: plus if the ring does if he can if the ring doesn't disappear or he can't hide the ring then you would think he wouldn't be wearing it or sort of, he may carry it with him but he wouldn't be wearing it all the time no matter what you would think if that's the case.
2: And just in general, I would think that, like, if you're a superhero and you're married or something, you wouldn't keep your wedding ring on when you go out in costume, just to, like, you don't even want to risk implying that there's loved ones that could become targets.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, despite everything, I don't know how this is going to sound at the end of the day, but I liked the issue and I'm looking forward to the next one. (laughs) I I look forward to having fun with you guys again next month. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, if you go over to, to youtube.com to see mosaic comics, that's my channel. uh, I am in the process of trying to finish up some larger projects. I'd really like to get done and published by the end of the calendar year. You know, I'm working on a year end green lantern roundup. I'm working on the ninth installment of a audience Q and a video. I'm working on a big video where I lay out exactly the kind of stories you could be telling right now in a Star Sapphire ongoing series. And all of these have been pushed back a bunch of times in favor of other projects. So I'm I'm happily using the arbitrary cutoff of the new year as motivation to to actually get them done. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to the channel, subscribe and we'll have fun
1: together. Lanterncast.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag Geocast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rest in peace, Stitcher, damn Podbean, And please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a text, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: Woo Woo to the who.